And a pleasant good morning to all. Thank you for tuning into the lowdown, the Seward's Day edition of the lowdown. Mike Wall here in the studio with me, Catherine Buchanan from the Kodiak Christian School and also from Community Baptist and also emergency services uh, through a role of doing work with the Red Cross. And on the phone with us is Father Frank from St. Mary's School, St. Mary's Parish, and St. Mary's Thrift Store. I'll begin with the latest from the governor. You can always check this information out on our website, kmxd.org. We're trying to put up as much as we can that we know about of resources available in the community, the latest health mandates, so that uh, and links to places where you can go for more information. So if you have questions, you can always go to KMXT online and look for the latest information from the health dam- mandates that were issued on the 27th by the governor. Mandate 11 is the social distancing one. All persons in Alaska, except those engaged in essential health care services, public government services, business activities are mandated to remain at their place of residence and practice social distancing. For the purpose of the mandate, social distancing is defined as a maintaining a distance of six feet or greater from any individuals with whom you are not currently residing with. Um, it's it's confusing. There's a, a frequently asked questions section about this. We had a lot of questions over the weekend about whether or not there was a curfew in effect. It's basically saying use common sense. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. There's not really a curfew in effect. A lot of these essential businesses are still open. The beaches are still open. So Pretty much try and stay away from people as much as you can. If you need to go out for a reason, for an essential reason, you should do it. Um, But use common sense. And uh, the second one is the one that prohibits intrastate traveling, which is pretty much means unless you have a valid reason to travel outside of our community, you're not going to be allowed to do it nor are people going to be allowed to come to this community. So, again, for information about that, go to the website. Uh, I'm going to begin today, before we do this, with a, sort of a, a brief introduction as to where we're going with this program. There's a lot of suggestions for guests. We know that there are certain elements of the community that haven't appeared on the show as of yet because... Frankly, we're all scrambling around trying to figure out um, other people's schedules and when they're available. We've been trying to get some people in from Alaska Airlines and from um, the post office to talk about those issues. Um, and we're just we, sometimes it's a, a, a hierarchical thing where you have to ask for permission from somebody else to get a guest to be able to talk. Um, sometimes it's just people are really busy trying to deal with this. So. We are going to have the uh, members of the emergency council in tomorrow, but they couldn't do it until 1230. So we're going to take that talk of the rock slot tomorrow and fill it with uh, the city manager and uh, the borough manager, I believe, and the the other people that are members of that. So give you the latest information so that they can pass it along. Um, We're working on bringing in some restaurant owners to talk to you about what's going on there. Um, there are members of Canna that are going to be coming in later in the week to give you updates about what's happening in the medical community, um, as well as some Providence folks are going to come in as well. Um, 
So we're we're working on it. If you have suggestions as to someone that you think that would be a good guest to come in that you need the information from, please send it along. The lowdown at KMXT.org and we'll uh, try and we'll try it. We if we have to, we'll put it at a different time. We'll add another show, but we know how important it is for you in these times that we're going through to get information about what's happening. So send in your questions. Father Frank, on the line, Catherine Buchanan in the studio with me. Father Frank, let's begin with, you know, you, sir, are are hunkered down. Yep. And you've been hunkered down for three weeks now uh yeah two weeks pretty much now because you're you're in the demographic yeah i'm 64 i've got copd and i'm still male so uh yeah that's the thing that this coronavirus seems to target you haven't lost your sense of humor father frank no (laughs) um so how Tell me a little bit about, like, what, what, when did the wheels start to turn for you? When did things really start to change? Honestly, when the, you know, the pandemic started in Wuhan and they shut everything down there, it became, you know, it, it, this spreads, it's going to spread just like it is in Wuhan. So <clears throat> I started doing some basic planning then and looking at scenarios and those sorts of things. Um, you started doing it on a local level? Per, per, uh, personally, yeah. Yeah. You know, just making sure, you know, I had, you know, I had the stuff I needed, um, made sure emergency contacts, all that stuff was up to date. So you started uh, doing this, you started preparing back in January. Uh, I got back um, from, I went to the Philippines uh, for some vacation. I came back from there and that's when it was really starting to break. And so started to talk with people and those sorts of things and make some initial, you know, minor plans, but, you know, trying to read the situation as it develops um, to the best of my ability. The diocese has been really helpful, um, you know, as far as I think they've been real proactive as far as keeping people safe. So, um, you know, we've had lots of discussions and just how we do that. And that's our goal is to keep everybody safe. So when when did the discussions with the diocese start taking place? So I want to say two weeks ago, three weeks ago, on a Friday afternoon, we had a call amongst all the diocesan priests with the bishop. And that's when it was decided uh, starting that weekend, we're going to have no masses, no public services, um, as things develop, we keep getting more discussions and um, better guidelines as far as, you know, we're closing the church, we're going to do all kinds of things we'd rather not do, but uh, we need to do to keep people safe. And so that's constantly ongoing. This past weekend, we've, you know, it was decided, uh, you know, we're going to go through at least uh, through Easter, but the basic mandate we're receiving is follow whatever the state is doing, follow whatever your local community is doing. And as a pastor, I can uh, go beyond that and close other things down for public safety. 
So you actually implemented some some shutdown before shutdown was mandated, isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So now you're you're actually dealing with with a lot of different pieces though. You're dealing with the church itself and the parishioners then you're you're dealing with your school which uh you you have like 70 students isn't that correct yeah and then you deal with that thrift store that delivers services to people in the community too um so it it was was it decided uh, are you dealing with one at a time or will you start thinking boy if i have to start closing down the church I have to start thinking about how we're going to shut down the school, too. It's basically applying all of this, you know, the basic guidelines to, you know, the, the different situations. Um, for example, I was um, listening to the radio, and I heard that a playground in New Jersey was shut down because the, um, you know, the coronavirus stays on, you know, the playground equipment. Right. So that was the point where, even though it wasn't mandated, I decided we're not going to take in any goods to the thrift store because um, last thing I want is a worker getting sick. Uh, we're going to have to close our playground down. Um, you know, our goal as and my personal goal is, is, you know, let's keep people safe. Okay, so that at that time, that's the first action that you take is to close the thrift store and close the playground down while school is still going on this is before spring break honestly i don't recall um you know i I don't recall the timeline okay just every day it's just kind of like okay what can we do now that'll that'll be effective right um so the the church uh gave you an above a mandate that we're going to close down schools and churches? Yes. Okay. Have, have you been in the... So we, we started, like, following the district, extending another week this uh, school vacation. And then, you know, we're basically following that. Okay. Well, let's let's focus a little bit about the school. Your, your school isn't... You know, you're not as large as the Kodiak School District, and you probably don't have as many resources as them. Uh, how do you how do you prepare for for some? Has has distance learning been part of what St. Mary's has ever done? No, it hasn't. Um, how do you prepare? Uh, the teachers have done an absolutely outstanding job. Uh, they got no vacation week. I've watched, uh, you know, we've had a couple discussions. We've Zoomed together. Uh, Terry Schneider and the teachers have just gone way beyond uh, as far as learning new technologies, preparing classes, contacting kids, um, you know, packaging stuff so the kids have stuff to go at home. Um, I mean, they're doing, you know, they're going way beyond uh, what they ever signed up for, and I'm really proud of it. Um, they've just done an outstanding job. So you're, Today's their first day of class, and we'll see how it goes. Right. I think that's where everybody's at right now. So it, the, the school's returned, and you're, you're, you're still maintaining a full staff, and you still have a full complement of students. Yes. Um, yeah. Our goal is, you know, I mean, um, 
you know, because, you know, like you guys, we're a nonprofit. We depend on a lot of donations. We don't have the income coming in, but I've assured everybody they're going to get paid. And uh, we'll figure that out. As things go down. That's, that's the last thing we need to worry about as teachers. Take care of the kids. So the, the thrift store, though, isn't that a significant portion of your income? It is. It is. But, uh, you know, I mean, people need to be safe. One thing I can add, though, is I got contacted by the clinic, and they asked uh, for some supplies. So if anyone has scrubs, we'd be glad to take those, and we would pass them on to the medical community. Uh, that's something they have a real need of. So sure. we gave them all of our scrubs and whatever they need. Um, but our thrift store is there to help serve the community. Are you still taking donations then? You're just, no. You're not? No. Because the stuff, you know, we're not sure where the stuff has come from, uh, how long the coronavirus stays on stuff. Uh, we don't want to expose our, our staff to... Uh, anything dangerous okay this that's that's actually a good question to lead into one of the hats that Catherine operates under which is this um, uh, community support group that's come together to, to solicit donations and for volunteers right Catherine you want to talk a little bit about that sure <clears throat> uh, in collaboration with the city of Kodiak uh, the borough uh, the Salvation Army um, Community Baptist um, Canna and the International Crisis Incident Stress Foundation, which is kind of the technology foundation for this. Um, there's a website you can go to. Um, there's a phone number, 888-490-7907. Slow. Oh, Slow. <laughs> or local number, 486-7656. Don't do the Cheryl voice now. Come on. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and com uh, org that um, is taking volunteers. We have about 100 volunteers at this time. Last I talked to um, Larry Lundstrom, who's been instrumental in, in kind of helping lead this. The, e, uh, the EOC here in Kodiak is, um, is critical in that. And basically what we're doing is trying to gather a group of volunteers who are able and willing to do things as things get worse if and when they do we're trying to be proactive about this we're hoping we never need it but I think already as you've mentioned um, probably there are needs out there um, laundromats aren't open and there are people in this community that don't have access to washers and dryers um, prescriptions need to be picked up um, groceries sometimes need to be picked up for people who are really shut in so this is a number that it works two ways yeah. one if you need something you should call this number and say i i need my prescriptions fulls. i don't have the ability to get out right now i shouldn't go out um and and then that hooks into one of the people on the volunteer lists who are able to provide the services right so Basically, if you call, there's a number, or, like if you need help, you press one. If you want to volunteer, you press two or whatever. I don't know okay. the numbers. But, um, and then that call will then go to the next person in the tree that's volunteered already. And there's <clears throat> basically two hubs. One is downtown at the church and one is um, at Bayside. And they're not physically located there. It's just kind of where we're managing out of. Um, but most of us who are answering phone calls are doing it through our cell phone. And so that's the reason for the local number because some cell phones can't 
accept hunt and peck numbers. So, um, anyway, we've, we've solved that problem. Thank goodness. And, um, then the people on the other end of the phone will take that information and with the list of volunteers that we have, then get that person in contact with someone who can help with that particular thing. So how do you, how do you take the, how does it work logistically? If, if grandma wants to have a grocery order done, does how does it work with the volunteer then going to the store and bringing the goods to grandma and how do you how do you do that and how do you pay the money well probably we would if if you called me i would probably order your things online and pay for them with your card or you could do that if you can do that some people aren't going to be able to do that pay for it online get it ready pick it up drop it off on the doorstep um, we still obviously want our volunteers to be safe as well yeah. um, and not transmit anything to those who need help. So um, we're going to be safe about it. Okay. So this just kicked off about a week ago. Is that right? Yes. We we just got the, the phone logistics completed, I think, on Thursday. So you have 100 people already willing to be volunteers, but not a lot of calls for resources as of yet. I haven't gotten any yet. So. Okay. But it's there. It's in place. That's that's a good and, thing. And the, yeah, the the goal was to be proactive. Okay, so Father Frank, following up with if, if you feel if somebody out there in the community has scrubs that are available, uh, how would they get them to the right place if the thrift store is not open? If they leave it in the thrift store drop off area, I'll I'll get it covered from there. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, this is something where. Um, we want to provide for the medical folks. They've got enough stuff going on. They don't need to worry about clothes. All right. Um, So, Father Frank, let's talk a little bit more about the school. Um, Because you haven't done this before, and I know that the, I know that the IT guys are like gold these days, uh, because everybody's having to learn new platforms and do new things. Or how are you set up for that? I honestly don't know all the details. Um, the teachers are pretty much Zooming uh, or Google Classroom to the uh, students. They've set up times. Uh, I think they've run tests. And um, I'm far from an IT person, Um so I really don't know all the details of that. But you uh, are the IT guy, right? I mean, yeah, by yeah. Unfortunately, I am. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm learning all kinds of stuff, um, and it's, uh, you know, I'm looking at this saying what I have to go through and learn, and our, you know, everyone else is nothing compared to what they're trying to uh, manage and overcome in places like New York City. I'm with the medical people, so um, we just try to learn and adapt and uh, keep things going the best we can. So the the teachers are having to do this on their own is what you're saying. They're collectively yeah. getting together, learning how to do this, and you're sort of in the background helping them, um, giving them whatever resources they can. I no, they're, they're, they're finding the resources uh, they're they're much smarter at this than I am, to be honest. Uh, they're much more resourceful, and uh, yeah, they know this much better than I do. 
Uh, and they've done, you know, they share with each other and work really hard together to uh, make sure all the teachers are successful. So you've zoomed in on a lot of their meetings. Uh, yeah. Are, are you seeing... Um, are you seeing anxiety? Are you seeing excitement? What kind of uh, what kind of what kind of activity are you seeing there from the people that are involved? Because this is rolling out like right now, right? It's rolling out right now as we speak. Um, what I saw was uh, all of the above. I mean, they're working they're working very very hard. Um, yeah, they're not sure what they're doing. Um, you know, they're going to find out today how well it works, uh, but there's a dedication to make it work, and that's really what you're looking for. Um, none of us is going to be perfect at this, um, but, you know, it's just keep working at it till they get it right, and our teachers have always done that. So so what are you hearing from your parishioner from the, the families of uh, who have kids in the school? I haven't had a whole lot of contact because, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, because today's the first day this starts. I stood outside and waved to people as they got their bags and stuff. Uh, there seems to be a good spirit. Um, but at this point, it's you know, early. Today, today's the start. We're going to find out where the snafus are, and then we'll overcome them. It's like the first day of school. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, the first day of school is pretty exciting a lot of times. Yeah. Catherine, let's talk about your school. You're uh, you're on the board over at the Kodiak Christian School, and you've been pretty involved in uh, the day-to-day business of getting ready for this. What what kind of things have you seen? Well, same as Father <clears throat> Frank. Yeah. Um, but I want to say, I reiterate that not <laughs> the IT people are gold, but the teachers right now are like platinum. They are. Um, yeah critical in this and they're the ones that are really going to have to make this successful because it can get the infrastructure ready to go and then they're done these teachers have to carry this on and and if something if the infrastructure works and you've got 20 kids in a a classroom and each one's reacting differently uh, they're going to have to be the ones to deal with that so the teachers in this community are should should get all the kudos here Um, as an online professor for college i can tell you that Online learning is, um, I very, it's near and dear to my heart, but keep in mind these are very much younger students, and we have pre, just as um, St. Mary's does, we have preschool through eighth grade, and so it's going to be a little more difficult to deal with a, you know, a kindergarten, first, second grader online than it is um, an upper grade student. However, um, our principal had the foresight nearly a year ago to implement Google Classroom. So they've been using it not for d- classroom content delivery, but as, you know, getting their uh, their grades posted and communicating back and forth to each other and um, lesson planning, things, thing, things like that. So there are some functions that we've already had in place for a while. So that hopefully will make it a little easier for the teachers. But that didn't involve delivering content, Google Classroom. Well, no, just the planning, the, the planning portion of it. Um, the delivering of content, as an online instructor, again, you're, you're going to have to deal with the, the anxiety levels in each household. And so 
teachers are going to be contacted at 7 a.m. and at 10 p.m. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. And they're going to have to um, have a whole new schedule for themselves so they can keep up and and make sure that each student's needs are met. So that's going to be the challenge. So you've already had experience at the for you've been teaching online classes at the college for years. Yeah. And what what platform do you use? Well, the college uses Blackboard, which is a common for the university. Um, the Christian school, as does St. Mary, uses Google Classroom. Um, and the school district here in general uses BlueJeans. So we're all on different platforms. Why? Well, Blackboard's expensive, first of all. So that's you. not an option for the schools. But um, Google Classroom is... Um, I can't speak to why the, the school district has used BlueJeans, but they've used it for years, and I've taught for them through BlueJeans, and it works well, and it's fairly inexpensive compared to Blackboard. Um, Google Classroom in a, a small school like St. Mary's and Kodiak Christian School um, is obvious because it's free of charge, and, but, it, but it works very well. So from the, from the receiving end of this, though, you mean if teachers are the platinum the, the parents that are getting involved in this have to be right up there with it because there's yep. such oh, a yeah. such right. a strong need for them to get involved in in participating in the process now, right? right? I think the good thing about a private school, though, is we, I, and I would bet St. Mary's does this, we, re, we require parental involvement in the school anyway. Yep. Oh. So they already have to serve hours doing different things for the school. So The parents do? The parents do. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so... Um, so we have that benefit. Um, you have the cudgel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but so you're seeing more participation. You're saying this is a normal part of, uh, sending a kid to a private school is the parents are more involved. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Not, not in this way, but this is just a different way for them to be involved. Okay. Yes. So they are, they're closer. They have a closer relationship with the teachers, I think, than they do in a, a public school um, in general, not all of them, but most of them will. And um, so there's already kind of that relationship that they, they're working together. So I would bet a lot of the content is getting to the parents, to the kids. <laughs> so, so are there a lot of parents that are involved in this process as you're starting to roll it out? Or is this just the administration and the teachers that get together and decide, this is how we're going to deliver content? Well, the teachers and the administration have been meeting a lot this week um, via Zoom and other means. Um, today is our first day as well, back uh, to the normal schedule. So, well, as normal as it can be. So we will see how that goes. But um, there's been a lot of planning. And again, just like St. Mary's, our teachers have had no break. Yeah, right. Our building's closed. Um if, if they have, they were allowed that over the extended spring break to go in and get materials and take them home, um, but then they're asked to disinfect after they leave behind them and any areas that they were in. So um, I know our, the, our bookkeeper is still going in once in a while, but besides that, she's pretty much the only one allowed in there. Right. Um. What kind of reception are you getting? Are you, are, well, let's start back from the beginning for you folks. When did this Christian school actually go into kind of more of a gear as this was kind of coming out, rolling down? I mean, how long have you been really thinking, boy, we're going to have to 
really think about closing school and we have followed exactly what the school district has done so Kat Baccaro who's our principal has a a relationship with Larry Ledoux and as things rolled out with him she was involved in all of that planning and so every time they made a mandate it came down to us so we were we let the school district lead that okay so the school districts the schools and the community have all kind of worked together to plan for what's happening so are we planning for school to be online then through the end of the semester? I, I think in the back of our heads, we are, yes. <laughs> At this point, it's only May 1st, but uh, I would suspect it's going to continue beyond that. I, I would agree. Um, yeah, we've said, you know, the, the, theoretically it's May 1st, but it's a developing situation. Um, I think we're looking at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what kind? What? What's your biggest challenges? What's the the biggest challenges you've had so far to get this ready to go? I would say for our school, um, and Terry Schneider and the teachers have handled it. Things are, char- you know, things are changing all the time, and so. Uh, you know, it's, I forget that line about, uh, you know, you have all your plans, and then the minute you go to battle, they all kind of go away. I think that's what, you know, the teachers and the staff has done. They've had plans, and then we adapt the next day, and something else changes. And we, um, and that's tremendously stressful, but uh, they've responded really, really well. Um, you know, just the uncertainty, okay, we've got May 1st but it's going to be the end of the year, all those sorts of things. Uh, that weighs on people's minds. Um, but then once they get, you know, kind of it, okay, this is where we need to go, then they move in that direction. Yeah, I'd say that same thing about our teachers. They're generally very open to whatever. In a small school like ours, um, things change regularly anyway. So I I would say that our teachers are probably more flexible and adaptable than yeah. the general teacher. So um, this is just another little bump in the road to them. Yeah, it's going to be stressful, but I think they're up to the task and they're all very positive about it. Let me give you an example. I'm doing a thing online, a prayer service every day that I do videotape. And it is so weird to try to do this to a camera instead of people. Yeah. So this morning, this morning, all of a sudden, our teachers are trying to teach in a whole new environment. And at the end of the day, they're going to sit there and critique themselves and see what they've, you know, what worked, what didn't work, uh, what they need to adapt, what you know, what they need so that they can be more successful. Um, I think that's the stuff that's probably the hardest uh, because you know, as as things roll out, then you just discover what you need to know, and then you adapt from there. Well, how do you keep them sane? <laughs> uh, prayer. Uh, trying to give them as much support as we can. Uh, you know, just backing them, supporting them, encouraging them, telling them they're doing a great job when they feel overwhelmed, uh, when they feel like they're doing you know, when they're aware of what they can't do, try to make them aware. Look at what you're doing. Uh, you're doing great uh, because they really are. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of that um, reinforcement comes 
you know, we're there if they need anything and they know they can, they can ask us for things. But I think what they're going to find just from my own personal experience is it is difficult. I've been teaching online for 12 years and I still have a hard time talking to a computer instead of a group of students where you have reactions. Now they have more reactions than a college class would even give. So they're going to, it's going to be more complicated for them. But once they figure out that students are going to be successful, I know they are They're they're, you know, these kids are adaptable and they're, it's a different time now. So they're going to see, you know, what they thought they maybe couldn't do, they're, they're, they're being successful at, and that's going to really give them a boost of reinforcement in itself. Yeah. Um, for, for the Christian school, are, are you fully staffed now? Yes, we are. Is there people in um, non-teaching positions that have, um, have you moved them into, into a different role? Do you have aides at your school? No. No, we don't. Um we have really only two administrative people, two very part-time people. So basically a full-time equivalent um, and cat and then the teachers and that's it. So um, everyone's still working. So it's just as a great partnership between teachers, administration and parents. Absolutely. And, and that's kid? the great thing about our schools. Yeah. Um, uh, Father, um you well, let's talk a little bit about the impact of what what's happening with your your funding um you know i know that your big auction is supposed to be next week isn't that right or it was supposed close, to be yeah. um how are you doing well we've got no income uh we do have some reserves um we're really working hard to uh, cut costs as much as we can. Um, at this point, we've, you know, for example, the thrift store, when we got the two-week um, thing that we're going to be need, need to be shut down, I told the employees, even though we don't have income, we're going to pay you for the next two weeks. We can cover them for this week. Uh, we're trying to, we have to learn what the government $2.2 trillion uh, stimulus package does as far as unemployment and those sorts of things. Uh, but we're trying to keep our costs minimal while supporting people. Right. Um, you know, like everyone else, we're going to be really hurting at the end of this, but uh, we're going to get through it. So I just got a post from one of the families who says, uh, we're so thrilled to be a part of KCS. Um, we're very excited. We have a very excited student who was up early and ready for school today. First day of school at home is going great. Huge shout out to the teacher. So, so far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. All right, Father Frank, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like as a priest to be hunkered down. Oh, it's awful. Uh, I'm an introvert by nature. But I get a lot of energy from people. Uh, it is so hard. Um, you know, so much communication is nonverbal, face-to-face, body language, um, all those sorts of things. Um, I miss doing Mass with the community. I, uh, you know, I'm doing my online thing, which, which seems to be helpful for folks. But it's so different. It's a ma- um, you're doing a Mass. 
I'm not doing a mask because I still don't, I, I'm still trying to learn the technology to do that. So I'm videotaping a prayer service reflection every day okay. and then running it through a $99 computer program, putting it online. Um, that takes, mass takes 20 minutes, a daily mass, you know, basically an hour. This takes about four hours. Uh, so that's a lot more work than I expected. Yeah. Um, but making the connections with people, I'm trying to call parishioners, um, you know, just touch base, see how they're doing, um, trying to reach out whatever ways I can. Uh, but it's difficult. We're looking at not having Easter celebrations, Good Friday. Uh, I really miss those. And the community does. Um, it's just a very, very different thing. And so you adapt and you do the very best you can with what you can do. So so how isolated are you? I mean, what, what does it mean for you in associating with other people to be hunkered down? So basically, um, I'm connecting through, I mean, as far as work reward, doing my uh, reflection online helps me to feel good about what I'm doing. I'm not sitting around doing nothing calling people, trying to make those connections, uh, you know, is what I should be doing. Um, it's, it's like everybody else. You know, I'd, I'd rather be visiting with people, rather walk the stores or, uh, you know, go over to the school. When I go over to the school, I'm really lucky. I always sit with the cool kids. I go to the tables and I say, hey, where are the cool kids sitting today? Oh, cool kids are sitting right here. I sit with you guys. I miss that. Um, I miss Sunday Mass. You know, as people come in saying hi, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a different time. It's difficult. So do you have any face-to-face -face communication with people? Uh, fairly rare. Uh, yeah, I miss that. How, how, are you, how are you providing for yourself? So what I'm doing is I'm certainly, um, you know, doing the stuff I need to do, uh, talking with people, you know, on the phone and stuff. Um, I'm working out. I can afford to lose 20 more pounds. Uh, I can touch. I talk to my dad every day. He's 94 in Massachusetts. Um, prayer, time for reflection, um, keeping on in touch online, um, those sorts of things. Uh, but yeah, we all miss the human touch. Is the, is your freezer full? Yeah, I fish. So uh, I've got tons of fish. Um, in fact, you know, don't drop food off here. I've got plenty of food, and I'm already too fat. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to stay away from the Cheetos. I've got stashed away. Good. Uh, They'll no, last another 400 years. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're indestructible. <laughs> Didn't you say you have um, something in the cupboard from 1942? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that's been interesting. I've been going through uh, the old stuff, and, you know, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, I remember. That was on sale. Boy, I should have eaten that a decade ago. Um, it's, been, it's been a real adventure. Um, if the virus don't get you, like, the virus doesn't get you. The ravioli will. <laughs> it could. It could. Uh, it's pretty old. Hey, so 
people in the community are pretty understanding of what's going on and, and, and what kind of changes you're making. I think they appreciate that very much. But is there a way that besides the folks in your your community, your 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 core community, is there a way that people can help you do what you do? Uh, yeah. Um, stay home. I've got a cousin in Jersey who's a respiratory therapist. He just came off a 14-hour shift. I've got a cousin's daughter, a niece uh, or whatever, who just graduated from Rutgers, and she's a nurse, and she's just starting out, and she's going into this situation. Um, you know, the sooner we do this right, the sooner it's going. We don't have to do it. Um, you know, this is hard for me. It's hard for everyone. But um, if everyone does our part, we'll get through this much quicker, much healthier, and much saner. Um, you know, I think we got to change the paradigm. Uh, we're the frontline troops. You know, they go to the doctors and to the hospital because this is, you know, we failed. So our job is to keep ourselves healthy so we don't fill the hospitals. Um, I mean, those are the things we need to do as a community. So we're not talking directly about St. Mary's. You're just talking about community community health. Community-wide, so, yeah. Right. Catherine, in, in relation to the community, the Christian school, um, what, do you, what do you need from the community? Um, <clears throat> I would say just uh, prayer and and supporting those families that um, continue to pay for their education. Um, a lot of these families are going to be missing out on financial resources. And um, I, I, I do want to say that um, students are not academically penalized for self-quarantine. So I think supporting those families that have chosen to self-quarantine um, for whatever reason Obviously, it's not going to be travel anymore, but um, to support them in other ways and certainly uh, even communicating with the KodiakCommunity.org system and volunteering if there's anything they can do um, would be su supporting the school as well as our community. Okay, well, we got a couple of minutes where we can actually just f f talk a little bit more about that, and that that's... Your role normally is teaching CPR classes, right? And, right, and emergency service preparation. This is sort of a spinoff, this uh, community group that's gotten together to provide resources after the fact, right? Right. So um, it's part of the Emergency Operations Center. Um, if we had a tsunami, they would get together. There's a core group of people. Um, so this is... Uh, in relation close working with them the red cross as far as that goes certifications extensions have been in place for about a month now so if your cpr card is expiring you can even take the online learning portion and push the demonstration portion in front of an instructor off for a while so those things aren't of issue so what's the red cross's role when an emergency happens now are you just standing by and providing this volunteer assistance what yeah, the the um, the health and safety section of that is the the CPR. There's a an emergency operations. Um, we would we would probably be initiated if there was a 
uh, shelter need here. And the Red Cross has um, drastically overhauled their evacuation shelter guidelines just in response to this. So because this is not anything we've ever planned for, we've planned for tsunamis and earthquakes and fires and things like that. But uh, if we had to shelter in this case, um, the Red Cross would be involved. Hey, well, I would like to thank you both for participating in the show today and spending a little bit of time telling the community what's going on in the Christian school and in St. Mary's. Um, closing words from both of you? Yeah, thanks, uh, Mike. And as a community, know that you have people praying for you. God is with you. We're going to get through this. Thank you. Yes, and I would agree. Um, I, I think every church in the community has been able to um, get get online and get streaming um, that support and encouragement is there we uh, Larry is a tech savvy perfectionist who in four weeks has gotten uh, to a, a very high quality live stream uh, we're trying to get students involved the more people that are involved in this whole thing Kodiak's always supported each other and we're going to continue with that. we're a great community we and we're yep. going to continue thank you both Tune in tomorrow. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you. Bye.